Quick question. A. So for your dinosaur death preference, would you prefer a pterodactyl getting you, attacked by a pack of raptors, or T-Rex? Well, dang. Okay, we're just gonna start like that. Uh, all right. Oh, oh goodness. Um. Okay. So here's here's my line of thought. See, they mentioned how with the pack of raptors, they you can get uh wrecked easily, and they they you can pr they probably go for the jugular. Mm -hmm. I ain't about that. I'd rather get swallowed whole. T Rex all day. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold up. Wait, that actually might be a terrible idea considering if I get solid whole, I'm being digested slow. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's almost worse because now it's a slow death. Uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to die on this deal. We going with swallowed whole T-Rex all day. <laughs> See, I'm with you because one, I'm scared of heights. So if a pterodactyl gets me, that's just going to be terrible for death. Pack of raptors, I stand no chance. But if I get swallowed by a T-Rex, there's a possibility at some point I can crawl out. But the digestion part is bad, so. Yep. Uh, see, see, and what you notice is that I didn't even mention the pterodactyl because that was out of the equation. <laughs> Not even part of it. Nope. But yes, thanks to our 10 listeners once again. I'm Demetrius. And I'm Demetrius. And Meech and Meech presents the Blurred City Podcast. Back after a successful pilot episode, I would say we got some nice feedback, nice love from the people. All 10 of you now. So. 11 now, actually. Oh, perfect. So just getting into it, this is our Jurassic World Dominion movie review. The Ooh. first one that we ever did. Uh, we we have a on our Patreon, a Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie review, along with a character study of Gara, just hyping up the Patreon. Uh, before we get into everything, we're just going to hit you with the quick legal spiegel. Uh, yes. And so the purpose of this podcast is to explore digital and print media. Our respective sources we reference are owned by their respective companies and our thoughts and opinions are strictly our own and do not reflect any biases or corporate agendas. Your discretion is advised. Nice. So how we're going to get into it, we're going to start with what's hot. what the people are talking about. This was a very exciting week on a lot of different fronts. So what have you been hearing? What can you cook on the top of your vehicle hood? Oh man, well, let's see. First of all, we had Miss Marvel drop on yeah. Wednesday and I thought it was like a pretty cool show. You know, like it, I love the aesthetic of it. You can find it on Disney Plus. It's also great. And then if we're talking about like our Japanese listeners, uh, all one of you who's probably listening right now, uh, you may be surprised to know that as of today, Dragon Ball Super Superhero has been released. Ooh. So, unfortunately uh, for me, I've already been spoiled on the entire movie, oh but uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else. Just go see it if you can, and I definitely will whenever it is released here in the States. Yeah, that absolutely sucks. But yeah, for me, what I've been hearing, it's been a lot of trailers that have dropped recently. So you can check out uh, just on YouTube the trailers for Black Adam, Ooh. which may or may not have a review depending on when we come back. Then Nope, another Jordan Peele classic. Mm -hmm. It gave a more of a full trailer review. I'm interested in the twist that'll be there. Then we have Prey, which is going to be the Predator 5, I believe, movie, which is a Hulu release. And Please. it's going back to the basics, which Please. I really like. Please. <laughs> then finally with that, we have House of the Dragon. 
So is GOT making a comeback? Who knows? We'll see. But then also another trailer, again, off our anime fans, Vinland Saga Ooh. Part 2. Trailer dropped. If you have not seen the first season, I absolutely recommend it. Uh, so that's what's hot so far. Obviously, there's other shows that are continuing. The Boys, Obi-Wan, uh, Komi-chan Can't Communicate, which is a really cute show. Mm-hmm. But going from there, we're going into our next segment, which is the Random Fan Theory of the Week. So with that, this is another segment that we want to end up eventually just being a fan segment. So if you send it into our Twitter, Instagram at BlurredCity22 or our Gmail, BlurredCity22 at gmail.com, we'll take it in, read it on the air. Uh, But just with that, I have the fan theory of the week, and this is an interesting one. Oh, so every Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movie Whenever the T-Rex or a big carnivore comes, they say, don't move because it can't see you, apparently. But fan theory is it's a lie and it's that they actually can see you. Well, if you think about it, it actually makes sense. But um, it's because in the first one, they have the goat and apparently the goat doesn't get eaten at first by the T-Rex in the enclosure. But then we see that it's gone later. So when Grant is talking to the kids, he says, don't move because it's more of it's active. If you move, it activates their hunter instinct in the T-Rex and they want to make it easy. If it's just too stationary, then it's an easy prey. It doesn't kick in. Like how if you're with dogs, I remember my dad saying, don't run from a dog because then it's going to want to chase you. So that's kind of the the theory that they have going so far. That's pretty interesting because whenever I saw that scene, I was like, that is absolute cap. <laughs> there ain't no way that a T-Rex, it, like, if it just sees me standing still, like, oh, yeah, you know what? Come get me and, and just swallow me whole uh, or swallow me in pieces. I don't, I don't know what, what T-Rex would do to me because right. uh, they, they ain't around anymore. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, it's like that, that actually seems to be like a good explanation as to why they think standing still will work. I obviously believe that it, it won't work and mm-hmm. you should just do what you can and make it out of there. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so we even see, like, in every movie, it, like, looks and then it finds them and then it's like, oh, there you are, and then it starts chasing them. So, who knows? But it could be, it could work initially. All right, so we're about to get into our first ever movie review. Woo! Before that, if you have not seen Jurassic World Dominion, We are giving a spoiler warning in advance. Hear ye, hear ye. We are getting into spoilers of Jurassic World Dominion. If you have not seen the movie, skip ahead to the deep dive or go see the movie and come back. And if you don't, well then that was your final warning because at this point, it's on you. You have been warned. So let's get into it. How are you feeling about the movie? Oh, man, man. I I actually like, I super like the movie. Like, uh, I, I don't know what it is about, like, seeing the old dinosaurs and everything. It just, it just brings back some nostalgia, some childhood memories from seeing the first movie, uh, especially with seeing the old cast back. It, right. it really brought, it really brought some nostalgia back into me. And I also like when like okay, it's a great movie, and it also reminded me uh, completely a hundred percent that humans are absolute trash. <laughs> 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 
It's like we can never have nice things because somebody gonna ruin it for us. Somebody always gonna mess it up. Yeah, for me, I I had a really good experience as well. There are a lot of things that we're gonna get into later, but I know I I whipped out my Jimmy John sandwich and I had a decent enough time watching the movie. Wait, wait, they had a Jimmy John's in your theater? Well, they had a Jimmy John's in the city, and I was eating Jimmy John's in the theater. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold up, when, when did you pull out a Jimmy John's sandwich? All right, so uh, let's not act like people don't sneak food into the theaters but here's here's like my method i i take a sandwich or just a snack i put it into a hoodie because it's like it's going to be cold once we get into the theater so you're like oh but you can see the outline for it right you fold it over your arm and then you just hand them the ticket walk in that's how you have it huh you know I think I might actually do that method because that certainly uh, beats my method of doing it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what's that? Oh man, I totally just uh, I totally just snitched on myself. But uh, but hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm pretty sure there's no uh, movie theater uh, executives listening in. But uh, for me, uh, depends on like what what food I'm bringing in, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's something like let's say buffalo wings or just wings in general. See, what I do is I wear baggy cargo pants. Oh, okay. And I put them all into Ziploc bags, you know, and make sure, like, it's vacuum sealed, like, it, it's, like, you get nothing, and then I just stuff my pants full of it. Right. And then just walk in, and then here's the best part, right? If you walk in with confidence and you just play it cool, they'll never suspect anything. That's the thing, because you have to understand that the people working at the movie theaters that you see and like handle the tickets, it's, you know, it's a respect thing. It's like, don't insult my intelligence. So they're not there to check you, but it's more or less don't, you know, have a bag of McDonald's and walk past me because then I have to do my job. Yep. So, hey, so, yeah, guys, uh, let's not treat these people like they're idiots because they're not. And more than likely, they just do not care because I heard working at a movie theater is uh, not the best. So, uh, so I'm pretty sure these people don't care regardless, except for that one person at my movie theater who came in wearing a whole uh, T-Rex outfit. <laughs> I sent the picture to you about that. Yes, yes. And that was a joke. No, no, that was real. <laughs> there was a person at my theater that wore a whole T-Rex outfit who worked there. That's out of pocket. And I'm just like, you know what? For respect. You, you like this job more than I, I definitely would. <laughs> so with that, uh, also just a disclaimer, we did not see the movie at the same time. We didn't see it at the same theater, I believe. And we have not talked about it in advance. So every reaction that we're going to get from each other is going to be pure. I have no idea the things that we're going to get into, but I think we're going to have a great time. So oh boy, this is about to be a wild one. Maybe we'll cap. All right. You want to cap us off? Huh? Yes. Yes. So here's the portion where we're going to talk about some of the best moments in the movie. As I said, we're going to get into spoilers with this. But uh, first things first, uh, I guess like my first moment was when... When we see Claire and her two friends just going into a, a whole like facility and breaking out a 
breaking out a, a triceratops. Yes. I believe it was a triceratops. Yeah, uh, it was a baby. Okay, okay, cool, cool. And it was out in a whole chase because, like, this was, like, because at this point in, in, like, the timeline, right? Right. There is, like, okay, dinosaurs are now co-inhabiting with the world. And, of course, as I mentioned, humans are trash. So some people like to poach them. Some people like to breed them, you know kind of treat them like the exotic animals are treated now. Right. So it's like, all right, we're going to have these people in this like really dingy, low down, run down facility. Some of these uh, animals, if they die, they die. Quang uh, Yu Drago from Rocky. And and so, yeah, it's like Claire was not about that. And, and it was like, hey, let's break them out. And, and of course, they get caught. Of so course. a cheat scene had to happen. The, the first of many, mind you. And throughout the entire thing, I'm just like, man, would it, it would be a real shame if like a dinosaur just crashed and, you know, two seconds later, like like the cars get crashed by a ro- by roaming dinosaurs. So I'm like, yeah. ah, first time I predicted something right in the movie. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, for me, I would say just fast forwarding, then we see Owen, he's like hurting other herbivorous dinosaurs it's a really weird scene of like okay you only caught one i think they were brontosauruses potentially yeah and then they only caught one and it's like oh we're gonna get you to safety when there's an entire herd but from there we then realize that okay so i'm gonna get into it i'm so sick and tired of hearing teenagers say you're not my mom you're not my dad in tv shows and in movies there's I know it happens in life. There's a better way to write that at this point. I think the older I get, the more annoyed I get from it, where it's just like, come on. Yep. I'm, I, I think that's also partially due to the fact that, hey, we're getting older, and it's like, we're starting to think about kids. Like, if, if, if my kid ever uh, said some wild stuff like that, it'd be a... Uh... Bro, I would get hit with a double slap. Yep, it, it, it'd be over. It'd be over. But just going from there, so we see that, okay, over the past four years, um, after... Oh boy, after her releasing the dinosaurs into the wild, um, that she is also uh, outed, and that would be Maze, I believe, Maisie. the Macy, the little child. Um, so Owen and Claire are taking care of her. We see that poachers are then after her, and also we find out that Blue has a little baby, uh, Beta, that gets named later. So both of them get kidnapped. There's this scene where she uh, Macy's riding on the bridge and the woman is standing in front. Now, at first, I was like, okay, maybe you can jump off the bridge. And then I saw the water below and I was like, do not jump off the bridge. But at the same time, that old lady has to get ran over, right? I mean, yeah, I was like, in, in my experience, like if I was in a situation like that, it's either I'm jumping off that bridge or at least pretending to jump off, like I jump off and then hang on the railing like right below. Right. If I had like any, any sense of strength at all, or I'm gunning right after that old lady because she did not look strong at all. At she, all. She would have been the first to go. Gotta get ran over. But yeah, and then it's like, I it was raging water. So I was like, okay, no, don't, don't jump into the river. But I, and, but in the alternate timeline, or at least converging timelines, we see the OGs we get introduced to. So Ooh. Dr. Alan Grant, Dr. Ellie Sattler, and we see that there's like this locust swarm. And we realize that oh, these locusts are out of control. That was actually like a really creepy scene because I hate bugs and I hate 
bug swarms even more. So like sometimes I have nightmares about like swarms of bugs and it's like so creepy. I know it was even worse for me because the first thing that was on my mind was, dang, the 10 plagues? We, we back. <laughs> I was like, hold up, what's what's next? Like we're gonna have frogs coming out the sky. We're oh. gonna have rivers of blood. What's what's next? When I saw it, I was like, that's a big locust. I don't I don't think locusts are that big. And then I just saw like a swarm. But at first I was like, okay, is a dinosaur in the fields? And that caused it. And then it's just like, no, it's like super locusts that are attacking. Yep, yep. And of course, uh, and of course, uh, our our dear our dear OGs, they find out that these locusts come from a certain uh, certain corporation called Biosyn, which is ran by Lewis Dotson. Oh my goodness, I'm gonna get into this man later because he's the problem. And if you don't remember that name, he's actually in the first Jurassic Park movie. Really? And like he was in the scene where uh I forgot what his name is, like the big heavy stay guy, like he was talking to some uh, agent. Okay, okay. And like that was who he was talking to. And funnily enough, it's not even new it was a problem. Because the actor who played Dotson in the first Jurassic Park movie is actually a uh a real life uh, sex offender. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, we we kind of knew that that role was gonna get cursed somehow, um, mm. and we knew that was gonna be a problem. Boy, did we figure out that this man is a whole problem. Yeah, so when we see him, so the OGs land. They're like, okay, we have to infiltrate uh, Bios, and so Ellie Sattler finds Doctor Grant in the you know scav- scavenging paleontologist's life, brings him to Biosyn. And we see him and he's like very awkward. And I'm like, at first it's endearing because I'm like, I get it, you know, just awkward with people. But he's like next level awkward. I was like, all right, so romance arc starting now. Exactly. Yeah. But then they also see the other OG. So we get Jeff Goldblum, Dr. Ian Malcolm. He pops up and we come to think or realize that, oh, he's also in on it. There's this really funny scene initially where it's kind of like, oh, third wheel vibes. <laughs> Someone's third wheeling. Someone is the front wheel of a tricycle. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was really cool. But then he uh, gives gives the access key to Sattler. And then we also see who one of my favorite characters in the movie, one of my two favorite characters is Ramsey Cole. Oh, yeah. This brother is smooth, dressed to the nines. Drippy drippy and he got a smooth voice too i'm like okay 100 percent. i was like oh man i really hope he don't turn out to be evil because i would be i'd be hot yeah so this is actually one of the if it wasn't a jurassic park movie this is probably the most interesting timeline um to stick with so we can just kind of stick with it there and we find out that ramsey cole he's also in on it um so he's working with dr malcolm at this point we see and he gives the most smoothest info into like just giving them access to the lab he's like hey don't go to this elevator there's an elevator there that takes you here um if you have this amount of time don't go down this aisle because there are cameras just just you know information smooth about it mm-hmm. i was like man he it's like when I saw that, right? He, I was like, man, either he is the smoothest brother alive and he's in on it, or he is the dumbest guard alive. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here at first? And then I was like, oh, okay, okay, because he literally was like, hey, there's an elevator that you can take. 
but there's an elevator that you're not supposed to go down to this specific level and you need access and clearance to go to it. So I was like, okay, you, you, you cool. <laughs> so. Yep. Yep. And, and like he, and of course our, our two main pro tags, I think they decide to, you know, sneak in and go in and then they find the, the swarm of locusts, which uh, is nightmare fuel, you know, cause yes. they get the sample needed in order to implicate biosyn in these uh, dangerous swarms that's going around eating all the food mm-hmm. and causing a whole global crisis. And of course they get swarmed. Yeah. I'm like, bruh. So now it's proper time to switch back to the other timeline. So this is where it's an action movie instead of an espionage movie. So I then realized that these kidnappers have to be the worst kidnappers in the world. So we see the pilot, Kayla Watts. So we see the pilot, Kayla Watts, and she she made the drop for the raptor, Baby Blue. They then She, she then sees the kid just walking freely. They kidnapped the kid and the kid is walking freely. What are we doing here? First of all, disclaimer, I'm not advocating how to cancel our podcast immediately. I'm just saying, if you're going to be in a movie and you're a villain, let's be a real villain. So disclaimer, but she sees it and then you see that guilt. So going from there. Oh yeah, going from there, our our boys Owen and Claire, they decided to hook up with their old contact. Barry. Barry, yeah. Who is Omar C. And I didn't realize that in the first few movies until I watched uh, Lupin, which is incredible. Yep, yep. They, they decided to roll up with him, you know, bust the whole uh, operation where it had this this mad chick. Who, Santos. Yeah, Santos, who is... Who, she a problem. Whole problem. She a whole problem, you know, trying to figure out, hey, where where Mace be going? So, of course, they go in, they get into this underground, you know, uh, the black market of of dinosaur trading. Right. Where we see many different types of problems happening. You know, we're selling uh, dinosaurs as food. We're selling dinosaurs as pets. We're selling dinosaurs. Wet bones. For his wet bones, which is which is the the big problem, as there were a couple of what well, what species were they? They were like uh, essentially the velociraptors. Yeah, basically raptors who could who could uh, go after a person just by a single laser pointer. It's like once they see the laser pointer on somebody, then then they go straight for the kill. I'm like, no. Ain't no yeah. way, boy. It's actually wild because she like was controlling them without doing the laser points because there was that one scene where she was fighting Claire and she like clicked on something and it summoned the raptor and then she pointed the laser at her. Yeah, yes. Yeah, way, she she's a major problem. I mean, you 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 got control of raptors you know, to do your killing for you. So that's that's a problem in of itself. But uh, really, of course, like they they find like the main kidnapper, right? And well, specifically Owen does, and he managed to get him down to the Oof. to the to the pits where the dinosaurs were fighting. And of course, a good fight scene happened. You know, Chris Pratt does his Chris Pratt things and managed to uh, to get the information out of him before he gets eaten alive. Yes, pretty cool. It was funny seeing the little baby eat him. <laughs> like, I'm like, look, I ain't going out that way. I'm I'm, I'm not going to cap, but. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's like, and then moving on, of course, we have another chase sequence, which is a great one where it's like Claire and Kayla driving away to the plane while the two uh, mega raptors, <laughs> as I'm going to call them from now on, are just chasing after them. Owen following behind them on while chasing his raptor. Right. Well, getting chased by his raptor. And, uh, and of course, they all converge on the ship and... And in a spine tingling moment where Owen almost got capped. Oh yes. He almost got capped, but movie was almost over, but <laughs> but but fortunately not. They they were saved and then hey, they're on our way to go to go to Biasin Island. Just going from there, we then see that the plane gets attacked by ter- it's pterodons, pterodactyls. Quetzalcoatl. Like yeah, so flying dinosaurs. And in it it goes down, Claire gets ejected. Uh, the plane that Kayla and Owen and it goes into the essentially the ocean, but it's like this polar ice cap essentially. Oh yeah, and then we we get even more divergence in the timelines. So now we got uh, Owen and Kayla who basically are trying to traverse the ice, you know, trying to traverse the ice without it uh, capping. Which I'm like, okay, so uh, one of them's gonna fall in there. Yes, and of course there had to be a a type of raptor that just comes after him. This one was feathered, which, as you guys know, that might have been what uh, dinosaurs actually looked like. Yeah. Dinosaurs may have actually had feathers back in the day. We don't know that for sure, but uh, that that's a prevailing theory going around. So I'm like, hey, that's actually accurate. But but yeah, so uh, so of course it's coming after them. Owen had to be the one to get into the water. So I'm like. Come on. But this is where we realize that Kayla is down to fight. <laughs> She's down. So, like, she pulls out the taser, uh, saves Owen, then tases the thing in the face when they are able to escape, yep. which is really cool. But then we also see Clear in this really tense scene where this uh, Edward Scissor hands looking ostrich comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and first we see it, and I'm like, is this a carnivore at first? But then there's like a deer, it slaps the deer, which was hilarious. <laughs> and just like kills it instantly. That was my favorite moment. I'm like, he's like, get that garbage out of my face. Have, have you ever played Skyrim? Yes. So, you know when you fight a giant the first time? Yes. And it slaps you across the map? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I was I wondering about. where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm seeing boy. <laughs> but then it starts eating grass or leaves at least and then so it's like okay it's a herbivore so it just must be really territorial uh so then claire is able to escape crawls into this disgusting little marsh swamp be me. and it knows she's there but i think it just gives her a warning lets her off the hook coming back to the ogs we then see them run into macy Yep, because she decided to say, like, okay, so I learned that, uh, actually it was my mom who made me, because as you guys remember from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, she's actually a clone of her mother, but, uh, she didn't know that, but she thought it was her grandfather that made her. Right. No, it was actually her mother, and that, like, she's, she's apparently the chosen one, because <laughs> she's apparently the chosen one, as, as told by B.D. Wong's character, <laughs> Dr. Henry Wu. 
you know, because he's trying to uh, he's trying to stop the locust. And he's like, maybe uh, like she's the key, like some in our DNA, maybe to cure us all. Yeah, just cure everything. Like I say, like, oh boy, here we go. It's like this is about to be the last of us. Where uh, <laughs> where in order to be the key, she gonna have to be dissected and killed in order to find the cure. Yeah, I'm like please, beloved, don't let this happen again. But there's no Joel in this movie. So, but, but here's where we, here's where, again, I'm not a kidnapper or advocating it, but if you have something that is very valuable, you shouldn't just leave it unattended. So she then proceeds to just literally walk out of the lab and then free the baby raptor. Yep. Free beta. And, and then like she's running and, and apparently there's like no such thing as security up there because there was no guards. There was nothing. And and she just runs into uh, Grant, Grant Sattler, who mm-hmm. were getting swarmed by, getting swarmed by the locusts. Yes. And, and it's like, oh, like, hey, here we go. It's like, hey, let's, uh, let's leave, you know? Let's, <laughs> let's all just leave. Yeah. So then uh, once they are on the platform to escape, I think just kind of fast forwarding a bit, Lewis is like, oh, I'm onto them. They're, they're plants. And then he's like, oh, it has to be Ian Malcolm that was in on it. So then he stops the pod and we really get him, we're seeing him devolve more into villainy, but he's kind of like a dork, for lack of a better word. Oh, trust me, that freak out he had, it reminded me too much of Kylo Ren <laughs> and uh, Force Wagons, where he's just swinging everything around, but it wasn't as cool because he ain't have no lightsaber. He was just throwing his hands everywhere. I'm just like, boy, if you don't get your goofy out of this movie, <laughs> So yeah, so it, everything's falling apart, and then he doesn't realize that he has an op within his operation, and we find out that our boy Ramsey is the head mastermind of it all. Uh, so he's the one that actually got Malcolm in on it. So he's kind of putting things in motion to bring down his boss. Yep, he 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 a real one. He's the he's the main man in charge, and at this point, it's like, all right, that's where it's like some of the divergent timelines like they're starting to converge back together again right so just like Ultron yep just like Ultron so we have Malcolm and like Malcolm who's end up helping uh OGs helping the OGs escape from from these tunnels and then you got then you got the new crew Owen and Claire who reunited and Kayla and then they find this facility to hold up in but uh this giant Jacanthosaurus who's uh who's apparently the biggest carnivore out there is supposed to be the head honcho. News to me. I was like, yeah, news to me. I'm like the H the H D I C dinosaur charge. <laughs> I was like, okay, so he's bigger than the Indominus, but that so then there's this oh there's this really cool scene where the locusts get set on fire. Uh, cause Dr. Lewis is trying to cover up the evidence. So then it's like, they break out somehow. I don't know how you don't design a facility to contain that. Again, trash. So then it's like a fire swarm just like flying over the entire island. Well, not an island, but the location that they're in. From there, we then see that Gigantosaurus, I know that's not his name, but we're just going to call him what we call him. (laughs) So there's this really cool scene where everyone reunites and they have to escape from him. And so, like, there's just awesome parts where we see Kayla putting in work. We see the OGs. Oh, Ian, when he threw the spear of the fire locust into his mouth was dope. Oh, man. And and the worst part is I thought he was going to die. 100 percent. I was like, no, please, please, Lord, please don't let this be how he goes out. 
And then he just chucks it in his, in his uh, mouth like it's a spear. I'm like, this man's a goat. Yeah. So then just the abuse that this dinosaur takes, getting tased in the eye and just flares to the face and other other weapons. Decided to go leave and lick his wounds. Yeah. Like, you know what? This ain't worth the trouble. So finally, now we are in the escape art. So they have to get out of the habitat for the dinosaurs but that means that they also have to go back in because they have to get rid of the aerial defense system so the giant flying dinosaurs or else the planes are just going to get brought down once again yeah and of course of course this is where like a split happens of course you got claire and sattler who going into the facility to try to reroute power and then come across the dead locust, and then they're just squirming around like, well, if y'all don't, like, I was with Dr. Malcolm on that one, like, if y'all don't just get, you your mind just go straight through there, because y'all take y'all sweet turns. But we, we do realize that they're, again, I hate bugs, so, like, giant locusts on the ground that aren't dead, apparently. And even if they weren't, oh, this is this is probably just because I'm a guy. I was like, I'm I'm used to just just swatting and uh, crushing bugs up and right. So I'm just like, da, 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 da. let me just kill these fools. I'll probably even make a game out. It's like, let's see how many I can kill in like thirty seconds. But but uh, but yeah, there's that, and then there's Owen, Macy, and Grant who are gonna go find Beta the. Baited the little baby raptor. Yeah. Adorable. So apparently in Jurassic, starting with Jurassic World, they have learned how to use the force. Um, so <laughs> if you stick out your hand to a raptor, it will communicate with you and do as you say to an extent. Yep. Um, so they use the force, they shoot it, and then they rescue the baby. Hey, Chris Pratt and Star Wars confirmed, folks. Chris Pratt and Star Wars confirmed. <laughs> Yeah, so then we uh, fast forward, they're escaping the island, Dr. Lewis is losing his mind, and then we have the obligatory T-Rex fight. Yep, T-Rex versus Gigantosaurus, it was uh, was about as much as you could expect, because that Gigantosaurus, he he was like, after taking that L from the humans, he was not going to take no crap from T-Rex, so uh, he decided to put the paws on him. So, yes, he... Proceeded to body the T-Rex, but did not kill the T-Rex. So then Edward Scissorhands Ostrich comes up out of nowhere. Yep. And we get a two-on-one. Yep, it was it was literally the fight back meme. <laughs> it was the fight back meme, but in dinosaur form. Yeah. You had the Captain America and Winter Soldier versus Iron Man scene <laughs> in that whole movie. He was like one V one me, bro. And and but then, hey, hey, we we get like while that's happening, you get one of the best moments, and that was when uh, Lewis Dodson he decided to escape in that pod. Oh boy! And and of course, power went out on him, so he decided to crawl out. And this is a great callback to the first movie where you just see a bunch of mini raptors just just surrounding the man. Yes, the Spitosaurus. So yeah, Mr. Spitta himself. You know, they spin their mixtape around. It was it was a pure fire because it melted that man's face off. The mute Spittas of dinosaurs. Yep. It was, it was, it, that, that was real. And they, and they just, uh, they ate the man's. I'm like, thank you. Just thank you. Nice. So essentially then they, everyone's happy. They get home safely. Blue is reunited with her baby. And then there's this over speech of how life itself will continue on. We'll learn to merge with the dinosaurs, be peaceful and happy. Yep. And then that's the movie. Oh yeah, and just knowing that uh, 
that Gigantosaurus took the biggest L. Oh yes, spit roast it. Yep. But yeah, that was the movie. Yeah, that was the movie. All right. So going from there, we can just talk about what went right or what we thought went right. Um, also, just like what's our fascination with dinosaurs in general? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I know, like for me, like what went right with the movie was just the representation of, of course, the older characters. Mm-hmm. And like it was special for me because of the fact that, like, hey, I loved Jurassic Park as a child. I even have a funny family story about that, which I'm thinking to a little bit later. But really, it's like, okay, these characters, they still like, it's like they're still, uh, they're still them. It ain't like it's just a complete and total myth mischaracterization of them. We're looking at you, Luke Skywalker and Last Jedi. But uh, uh but really it's just like, alright, these are them, they're just older and they are they're older, they're wiser, they're more mature. Um and then of course uh, Grant has a uh, whole romantic arc which uh, concludes beautifully, uh, satisfying the the wills of all the people who wanted them to get together in the first movie. Woo! Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so like there's that. There's also the fact that like, hey, and then of course it does this without uh without like completely shafting the new characters. Like Owen and Claire, like I really grew to like them as characters. And I was like, all right, they're still doing great. They're still doing great things. They're still uh and they're still just they still have their own agency right they still have their own like objectives they still do what they have to do you right. know what i'm saying yeah for me i think the introduction of ramsey and kayla was probably the my favorite parts of the movie i just think that when we get into our words later i'll go more in depth but i just think that they really helped liven the movie at certain points and then along with the ogs i think if it wasn't a pure Jurassic Park movie, their storyline is like much better. Um, you know, locusts are greater than dinosaurs is kind of what the theme was. More of a threat that way. But just even with our fascination with dinosaurs, I think ever since just like thinking of something that was 60 plus million years ago um, and even being a kid, I remember just like loving dinosaurs, seeing it on like Discovery Channel, History Channel and just like they're so unique to the world almost alien like yeah yeah for sure and it's also the fact that like hey we have evidence that they exist but we don't know like what they really look like how they acted and what they would be like if they even lived today like uh had they not been extinguished if you will like what like what would it have been like would it be kind of like situation in this Jurassic Park movie, you know, like how everything just seems like it, it's it's the same, but with a little bit more chaos in there, which I'm always for. Or is it gonna be like where, hey, some of these dinosaurs they get domesticated, you know? <laughs> we we have ourselves like some pet uh a pet blue, a pet a pet beta in our in our midst. Right. We have ourselves some uh some pet triceratops, you know, stuff like that. Alright, cool. Yeah, so that's our total recap. Going from here, we're going to get into our awards. So the first ever Blurred City Movie Awards, we're going to get hype. So I'm love it. 
we're about to see a full tonal shift once we go from awards to the deep dive. Trust oh. us. Oh boy. Oh boy. So starting with this was the hardest award to give out. So our first one is the biggest idiot award. Oh my goodness. <laughs> boy. It was hard because I wanted to hand it out to a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> but after thinking about it, having a few days to sleep on it, I gotta give it to John Hammond, the very creator of Jurassic Park. He has the biggest dereliction of duty that I have ever seen throughout. Just like dinosaurs have attacked multiple times. He's out here representing clones. Every organization is like a scientific organization that is using his stuff for evil. And it's like, he, oh my, it's just awful. Like, he's the, responsible for all of this, basically going to it. Like, so one of, something I talk about with a friend is that cats are, if you release them out into the wild, they are a disaster to the ecosystem because they will hunt almost everything and they have no natural predators. They release dinosaurs multiple times out into the ecosystem. <laughs> That's just, it, it, what is, what are we doing here? So John Hammond, I know you're, we're just going to leave it at your grave, but you're the biggest idiot of the entire Jurassic series. So oh, All right, round of applause. <laughs> Oh man, and our next award is the Please Just Die Award. <laughs> and this award, you know, goes to those who who are just, they just, you just knew that they needed to go and they needed to just get out of the movie because they, they present to be such a complete and total just drag. And I'm like, please just kill them. And for this one, with no uh, explanation needed, with nothing uh, holding us back, come down here, Dr. Lewis Dawson. You needed to die. I mean, bruh, first of all, you gonna order some mercenaries to go kidnap a child. Uh. Secondly, you gonna uh, say, hey, we ran into some problems. Uh, we gonna need to, like, their her parents are here. Uh, we're probably gonna need some more money to, you know, kill them. He's like, eh, do it. I'm like, you did that without a hesitation. So I'm like, okay, you definitely needed to go. And then, of course, realizing that he was the one that released the locusts into the wall. Oh, nah, 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 son. And you tried to cover it up too? See, this is why when you died at the end of the movie, I pretty much almost cheered. Because you needed to go. So, so Dr. Lewis Dodson, come down for your Please Die Award. All right, for the next one, this was the second hardest award for me to give out because I was flipping back and forth between two. But for the I Need a Hero Award, I'm going with Ramsey Cole. He orchestrated the fall of Biosyn. So, putting people in places and positions, he was playing 5D chess the entire time. We did not know that. We thought he was like a knight. We realized he was the king, and he was using everybody like queens. 
And just like we already talked about the fit, the smoothness, hair was on point. You saved the movie, you brought it down, you put people where they needed to be to get things done. I have nothing else to say. Ramsey Cole, come down. You are our hero. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. And then this next award is the Gruesome Death Award. A death in which I would not ever wish on myself or even my entire enemies. So, to the man who kidnapped Macy, come down, sir. Because you had hands down one of the worst deaths. You got your hand taken out by a raptor. Your other hand taken out by a baby. <laughs> a baby. And then when all is said and done, here comes Mega Raptor here to just swipe your head off. Mm. I was like, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I, can't. I said it earlier. I can't go out like that. So, so Mr. Kidnapper, come on down. For our final award, this is the one whew, that I was so hard not to be a simp about, but <laughs> the spotlight is yours. Kayla Watts, the pilot, oh boy, come down, get this award, because every scene she was in, she stole it. She, uh, she went from, oh, I am a pilot that's part of this mercenary group and kind of just like aloof to just one of the biggest heroes of the movie where that's why she is in competition with Ramsey, but every scene she was in, she absolutely stole it. Great acting performance and just great to see. So come get your award. The spotlight is yours. Now for our final rankings, uh, do you want to kind of break it down for us? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, so in terms of our rankings, we have the F tier, which is our Dinosaurs by Sinclair, because it's obviously the worst one. Uh, we have our D tier, which is Barney, you know, our purple little dinosaur, best friend forever. Uh, you got a C tier, which is Littlefoot. No explanation. Oh, yep. Because it's Littlefoot. B tier is Reptar, who's, a, who's great, who's great, great child of memories. Our A tier, which is Dino. And then finally, S tier, Shin Godzilla. No explanation needed because he's just a goat. So, Demetrius, what would you rank this movie? So, I know we talked about what we enjoyed. For me, it was definitely a Littlefoot, a C tier movie, in my opinion. So, it, it kind of translates to a shrug your shoulders. So, the movie is perfectly fine. That's kind of it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. Uh, I was actually also going to give it the C tier little foot because I was like, okay, there's all these great moments. Like, hey, you got these great characters coming back. But at the end of the day, it's like, is this something I would uh, like spend money to go see again? Probably not. And that's how it translates to C tier in my opinion. So with that, which trilogy is better? Sir, all right. So here's the thing, and I'm gonna need all the dinosaur people to uh, not come at me. Uh, I do think that 
the Jurassic World trilogy was actually slightly better than the OG. Interesting. Yes, so here's my reasoning for that. The first Jurassic Park movie, amazing. Greatest, one of the greatest movies, all right? Steven Spielberg, he did his thing. And he is like, hey, this is one of the movies that just can't be topped, right? But you gotta admit, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard, they almost carried the the entire trilogy. Sure, sure, it was a this movie was a slight step down from the other two. I just generally like the premise of at least Fallen Kingdom and and Dominion about a little bit more because like, hey, they're actually officially within human society, which I was like the most interested in. Because mm. like the first movies, it was just like, okay, they're just here, but like it's not completely interacting with society, if you will. Okay. So, so like really it was more of the fact that like, okay, it's finally fulfilling on like what I was most interested in if dinosaurs were to ever come back. That's why I said it's slightly superior. Not that much, mind you, because Jurassic Park kind of carried, like, the other two, not even mm-hmm. cap. Cool. Well, this is where, like, it's good to have differences of opinion and preferences, and it's cool for people to have differences of opinions. And listening, talking to you, listeners, just in case. But for me, I have to go with the OG trilogy. Yeah. Just because I know that we talked about last week the dedication to like the comics and essence of the characters as a creator i believe that you have the right to take a story wherever you want to take it so but what i liked a lot in the first trilogy is that it felt more horror-like and you felt tense throughout the entire movie but in the first one and then also in the third one i remember just being feeling like okay the main characters are in trouble like they're actually going to get eaten by dinosaurs i never actually felt that in this movie in the first jurassic world movie i felt it with the indominus rex yeah he was a menace but just with um the first trilogy i definitely felt like it was like oh here we are especially with like the third one with the spinosaurus where it's just like oh wow this spinosaurus is coming after them these raptors are coming after them where it's just like terror with that um, so I, I, that's why I just prefer the first one. And I think just like this Fallen Kingdom left a sour taste in my mouth about how it ended and the choice to let her release the dinosaurs out into the wild. So, but with that, we, uh, so I'm excited for this part. So Meech was already deep in the Gulf of Mexico. I was on the boat paddling, just trying to be nice about this, but it's time to jump off. It's time for the deep dive. So we are getting into reboots, remakes, and requels. Okay, so when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, you you kind of I was hyped about it, and I was like, save it for the save it for the pod. But I'm I'm actually really scared now because I don't know what's about to happen. So. I'm going to step out the way. You have the floor. All right. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about reboots, remakes, and requels, uh, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So, okay. Okay. So, I have this thing, right, where, it, especially in, like, the horror movie community, where 
It feels like originality is dying or is already dead. Uh, and this, this is not just exclusive to them, it's starting to bleed into other categories as well. So, in terms of like, okay, what are reboots, remakes, and requels? Okay, so for a remake is where they take an existing movie, right? And they just pretty much do it again. Uh, though, and there's like many different offenders. Like, some remakes are good, some are good, but some are just outright atrocious. I'm looking at you, Psycho from 1990 with Vince Vaughn. You were literally a shot for shot remake. You did not need to happen. And that's the key thing about it. Some movie remakes do not need to be, right? Like some movies, like, okay, if you want to expose an audience to a certain movie, why not just show them the original, re-release it, or just like, hey, let's go to the theaters, do like a midnight showing of these movies. Because of the fact, hey, people will go see it. Especially the older crowd who are like, hey, yeah, let me go relive my old memories. Requels, they're a bit less offensive, right? Because of the fact that, okay, it's just doing a sequel to a movie from long ago that may not have needed to have a sequel in the first place. I don't really have like a great example of this, right? Because of the fact, I feel like, all right, if the direction they're going in is actually interesting, then all right, I'm gonna let y'all slide. The Jurassic movies is a pretty much a typical example of that. Like Jurassic World's trilogy. Okay, so I'm with that. The Halloween movies from 2018. Like, all right, I'm interested in seeing where it's going, and I just want to see Michael Myers kill some fools one more time. Uh, Jason Voorhees, where are you at right now? Because you are at the 13th movie and you still haven't come out yet. I need my 13th Friday 13th movie. It needs to happen. And now, reboots, all right? So it's just pretty much taking the name of a series, right? And you're just going a little bit out of the way, like you're, you're pretty much doing something else with that uh, sphere. Looking at you, Amazing Spider-Man and MCU Spider-Man. So they're technically reboots of the character. Now, I'm not harping on that one because of No Way Home and how that ended up being a go-tier movie, being the S of, it's not even an S tier anymore, it's a Z tier movie for mm. me. I, I love that to death. But if you keep rebooting a certain movie or franchise, and this is a problem with all three, is that it eventually gets stale, right? It's eventually gonna lose its luster and it's gonna start tainting the originals, which are, which may or may not be considered goaded. So for example, right? There's a reason why there isn't a The Exorcist remake or reboot. Nobody, and I mean, nobody is willing to go into that well again, especially after the critical failure that was the second movie, and then the two, counted two prequels. The third movie, I'll give slack because that one was actually a really great movie, it was very suspenseful. That's the only sequel I acknowledge within The Exorcist, but all the others, Oh, oh, I would like to ring them out. Oh, and we looking at, oh, don't even think you are safe, Amityville Horror. Oh, my goodness. All of the unnecessary sequels, unnecessary remakes, 
And you want to know what the worst part about it? I recently saw a video on YouTube entitled Horror Movie Timelines. It's a really great channel. And, and get this. Their episode, his episode on Amityville Horror was two hours long. Just trying to explain all of the different movies that was in that franchise. That franchise needs to die because it no longer needs to happen. Can y'all pick something else? Create something new. As you mentioned in the first podcast, why not create a new character like your Miles Morales or Amadeus Cho? Why not do the same with movies? Instead of going back to the well, you see, we get to just go and create something new, give it a new name, and at least give it the support it should or should not deserve because uh, some stuff is critical failures. Uh, we're looking at you, bye-bye, man. Um, I'm not even gonna get into that nonsense. But if it's a good idea, and you were able to make like a satisfactory movie, script, or anything like that, go for it. But don't try to ape off of the name, because you're just going to drive the original down the mud. There's a reason there is no Citizen Kane 2. Oh, yes. No explanation needed. I'm done with this rant. Stop it. Stop it, Hollywood. Because if you don't, I'm coming after all of you. Not officially, because I don't have any power over that. But Lord knows if I do. Okay, so I just had shocked Pikachu face for most of that rant. Um, But I absolutely agree with you, where, especially with the part of if you keep rebooting something over and over, it's the law of diminishing returns. Looking at Jurassic Park into Jurassic World, 20 years from now, if there's another Jurassic space, then, you know, where they call it Jurassic space and we have the T-Rex on the moon, for a lot of people, it's going to be like, yo, this is ridiculous. But for, you know, um, kids, maybe it'll be interesting to see like, okay, we see dinosaurs again. But we're running into the issue of looking at Fast and the Furious franchise where it's like, you have to get so creative for if you're making so many movies and then spinoffs. So you have to like top yourself every time. That's to me, that's one of the downfalls of sequels. You, they choose to go bigger. You don't always have to go bigger. Sometimes it can be the quiet moments that make more of an impact. But to the fact where it's like, oh, they're going to space, ha ha ha. And then at some point they actually go to space. I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's a spoiler, but whatever. And then it's just like, oh, look at us doing something original. So, but even just like with that, like there's so many Batman movies, but at the same time, I think for the majority, it's paced out enough, but we've had three Batmans in the past 10 years, I would say, 10, 14 years. And then there's going to be a return of another one when the Flash movie comes out. So just with that, it can be really tough. I really love the part about what you said about aping off the name, where it's just like, okay, we want to do a horror movie. Let's pick Freddy Krueger, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then just make a crappy movie. And then it's like you ruin the franchise every time when you do that. And it makes the originals look worse by comparison. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. So... Yeah, especially like your point about like uh things going into space or like 
upping the ante. Okay, so when it comes to that, looking at the MCU, right, these, this is where, like, okay, it's, like, these are, like, sequels where they're not all going above and beyond, like, everything that's happening. Look at, like, series like Moon Knight or, uh, or, like, how uh, Doctor Strange is. It's, like, they're somewhat becoming more personal. Right. More personal stories. And that's kind of, like, how you can raise stakes in movies. You don't have to do, as you said, like, with the Fast series. Uh, I actually stopped watching those after the sixth one. It's like the sixth? No, no, no. It's the seventh one. That was the last one with Paul Walker in it. Sure. And because, like, at that point, it it got so far away from its original premise that, I, like, at this point, they're just putting cards in there just to say, like, oh, yeah, this is the Fast and Furious movie, so let's have these cards in there. I'm like, but this ain't a Fast and Furious movie, though. This is just, like, a heist movie or a... Uh, or just a cheap action thriller with the characters from Fast and Furious in there. And you're just like, can you like, just stop? Like, you, you might as well just give it a different name. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, we're gonna transition from Fast and Furious, but just even with that, like, I'm not, you're not gonna pay to watch a racing movie 10 times, if we're being honest. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, what are we doing? But just even with that, do did you think we needed another trilogy for Jurassic? Honestly, technically no. Like, uh, you could have been just fine with just the first Jurassic World movie, and it could have ended there. And but like, okay, so we got like two more movies after that. All right, cool. Well, there's nothing to do about about that now. But really, like you. Really, like, if you ever wanted to, like, in the case of this one, like, it could have just ended at Jurassic World and we would have been fine. I would have been fine. This is, but, uh, but at the same time, though, it's like, could you, could it have been, like, where you could have been more creative? Or, like, could you have done a, like, better idea with a different source material? Right. I haven't seen a Lovecraftian movie in about 200, in about 200 years. So, uh, <laughs> hey, where is that at? And if you've seen underwater, but hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we may go. That's a spoiler, sir. That's a spoiler. They don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, that's a spoiler, sir. But just like even going from there, I think like easily Jurassic World might have been my favorite movie out of the entire bunch. Maybe Jurassic Park Three can compete with it, but if they would have ended it right after there, I think they would have been fine. But then again, where if you keep going, now it's like okay we want to explore other things and i really liked in the new trilogy where it's like they kind of explores more than survival but existence coexistence Mm -hmm. um what is it like for different bio genetic just like organisms to kind of converse together what does that mean for humans are we the superior species okay now we have to kowtow to dinosaurs um, are dinosaurs just scary monsters or are they no better than just like normal animals? Yeah. And having an answer that was really cool. I just think that once you get to the second and third movie, especially in this one where it's like a lot of it can be copy and paste. Like we saw that in Star Wars with the new trilogy where it's like there was a lot of copy and paste. Like I really love The Force Awakens. Unfortunately, it was just like when I walked out of it, I was like, wow, this didn't really feel original. Like, okay, we have a bigger Death Star. Okay, we have a scene on top of a sky bridge where dad and son. And it's just like, 
you copy and paste it where even here it's like, okay, the T-Rex has to have the 1v1, which then turns into a 2v1, which we literally did in Jurassic World and the Indominus Rex was much more scarier. Um, so just with that, it can be tough, but do, do you think we want to see another? Oh man, I, I see dumb. I think like at this point, the questions, at least like for me, like all the questions I've had are answered and where could they go from here? I do not want to see them in space. I don't want to see like, all right, like, hey, there's another gigantic new dinosaur or like a spliced dinosaur a la Indominus Rex that's like just out here murking folks. Like at this point, it's at this point, it's it's already been done. Yeah, I think uh, for me, if I'm being honest, if it was like, OK, 10, 20 years from now, I'm probably going to end up seeing um it again like all trilogy the new trilogy um so this kind of goes just to the next point of before we get into like the fan kind of response to that but and we touched on the ideas part is this kind of a product of the issues with the streaming wars hmm. perhaps pro- perhaps actually uh as that like there's a many diff- different streaming services out there that are there are many different streaming services out there that's trying to uh, that's trying to vie for our attention and our money, and in order to top one another, they like, hey, let's let's ape off of a franchise that like people know that they like, and then go after it. So, for example, uh, Disney Plus, like, of course, they have all the Disney properties, uh, and you know, like with shows like Mandalorian going uh, going completely ham right now right now being goaded oh, yes. and and with shows like that it's like hey how can the other like studios other studios kind of compete with that it's like with stuff like okay hbo max all right what can we do to compete with the mandalorian oh i know let's bring back young justice mm. and and in my honest opinion like that the show's starting to go downhill because they keep going to that well and, and like quality is going down or they're coming after you for that i i know i know i know but but still hey i'm gonna die on that hill <laughs> i'm gonna die on that hill or uh other different streaming services like paramount plus and i i don't have that streaming service by her like they're redoing a bunch of other shows like dora the explorer like six star trek shows oh my goodness no <laughs> Stop. but but yeah like at the end of the day it's like each studio is just trying to buy for everyone's attention and what better way to get their attention by aping off their nostalgia yeah just gone for that it's kind of like if you think about it you have to have something new every like netflix when it first came out it was you wait like maybe a few months and then you get every blockbuster that you kind of want and you can get the old shows but then disney plus comes around they're like yo we taking everything you want to see anything marvel related that's us you want to see Lion King, Disney princesses, that's us. Star Wars, us. Then it's like, okay, The Office was on there. So then Peacock comes in and Peacock comes in and it's like, nope, you don't get The Office. Psych was on there, which I really love. Take it off. You know, so many different things. So now it's like, okay, we need to create movies. We need to find other avenues. We need to create other streams. And like a lot of show movies that would be blockbusters are now on the streaming services. Mm -hmm. So now from there, you then have to create something new. So there's gonna be a whole bunch of buddy cop movies. There's gonna be a whole bunch of horror movies. We're gonna see a lot of different, just like action flicks that would typically at least get 40 million at the box office. And then now that 
the theaters aren't the only way that we get our movies, we see a lot more flops than we originally would. I yeah, think. yeah, definitely. But uh, but yeah, it's like yeah. At the end of the day, again, we just uh, again, it's all it's all about the money. Yeah, and that's all pretty much studios care about nowadays. Very very rarely do we see a studio who have their very own Kevin Feige <laughs> or. Or uh, John Favreau, who definitely loves source material and love the fans enough to give them what they want, right. without dropping the quality much or if at all. So, yeah. so really, it's like, hey, it's corporate agenda. Yeah. So, what's new in this world? Yeah. So we say that, but is it the fans' fault also? Because at, we're going to hear us say a lot, listeners, that oh, it's about the money. It's not necessarily just box office numbers, though. It's about okay, I haven't been to a movie opening on a Thursday in like five plus years. And okay, so I have to do this in order to do the podcast. And then I'm going to, if you want to listen to the podcast completely, you have to go see the movie yourself. Um, So it's kind of a cascading effect. It's going to be, okay, what's the social media numbers look like? Um, Talking about it, toys, books, other sales. So when we say it's about the money, it's more than that. And as fans, we're the ones providing the money. So is that like, our fault in a sense where we are okay with accepting reboots requels and just just redos all the time hmm. it's actually a really great point uh do think like a good portion of the responsibility does fall on us uh, because of the fact that we're supporting it and then also there's just the way social media is as you mentioned where spoilers and uh, how people are not allowed to have fun anymore so spoilers are allowed to just run rampant online it's like hey we noticed why you think uh whenever it's mcu or like mcu adjacent or required or whatnot our whole thing is we shut off social media we just go dark for like either a day or like a whole week Hey, some people may be so uh, much into it that they may go off social media for a month or even longer. Right. But uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, like at the end of the day, like we like we are the like we are the money. We are like what what uh, studios and everybody are trying to get the attention of. And if and if we are getting giving them that attention, then we're positively reinforcing some of those attributes that we may or may not necessarily agree with or like so and even if we voice our opinions sometimes it may be a silent majority sometimes it may just be a silent minority like you can just get drowned out and everything so yeah yeah so just with that kind of agree where it's as a fan we because we're excited and like when we see the batman come out and, you know, I was there and it was hype. It was an incredible movie. And Spider-Man, I'm a spider geek, like I said last week. So being a webhead, I'm going to go see the movie. And then when they come out with another Spider-Man five years, I'm going to go see it. So it's tough. And they know this, too. So it's like it's playing off the nostalgia. But then it's also, OK, we have a new group that we can um, target in terms of a growing audience who hasn't seen this before. So that can be just like a tough balance. And then as you know, different fans of different media platforms or different just uh, intellect that we see, it's like, oh, you can feel that disappointment because it feels like they're not trying. Um, So just going from there, uh, that was our deep dive. We're coming up for air. 
And from there, we can go to our sponsor for the day. All right, so our sponsor for today is Prehistoric Conquest. It's going to be a game where you get to play as a human who's living in BC era uh, Earth, where you can interact with as many dinosaurs as possible. Also comes in VR. So if you want to grab a copy of the game on PlayStation 12 and Xbox Infinite, as well as Nintendo Glass and VR uh, capabilities, please go grab a copy of Prehistoric Conquest. It'll be a game like no other. All right, listeners, we had a really great time. Um, just fun setup. We kind of, you saw how we are going to do our movie reviews from now on. Attached with a deep dive. I, wait a minute, why is my water shaking? And I hear like big footsteps. Oh no, goodness. not again. Yes. <laughs> I hear some Jurassic Side Black Air Force is coming. Oh yes, because it is time, our dear listeners, for the Black Air Force segment. And in keeping with the dinosaur theme, we gotta go to a well that has not been touched in a while. Known as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And there's no need for introduction for this Black Air Force. His name is etched in history as Tommy Oliver. The OG Green Ranger. The man is a menace, okay? Firstly, right, he, he comes in and he fights our regular Red Ranger and he's just, and he's able to actually beat him in hand to hand without transforming just like oh okay wait who who is this guy what where did he come from and the next thing he does is is something heartbreaking that takes over all of us humans and all the viewers he managed to steal everybody's crush kimberly out of everybody's hands just out of nowhere just like take her from all of you so all of the simps who were simping over Kimberly the part, the Pink Ranger, now you gotta go through him. But it, it gets worse in here, ladies and gentlemen, because this man became a Power Ranger. He became the Green Ranger. He became evil. Worked with Rita Repulsa to go give the hands to all the Rangers. And what's the first thing that he does? He jumps into their Megazord and gives them the hands inside the Megazord and then beats them out of it. <laughs> that ain't never been done before or since. Uh -huh. He was the only one to go into their Megazord and beat them from the inside out and then continue to give them the hands for five straight episodes. Everybody was stressing. He just kept getting more powerful by the second with that dragon dagger and then that sword he just kept saying oh yeah you know what all five of you rangers are not with the with the ranger brand you ain't with the repulsa brand you all gots to go and he nearly beat all of them and it gets worse in the boom studio comics because in this particular timeline which i'm gonna focus on he never joined the rangers he stuck with Rita Repulsa, and that was enough for Rita Repulsa to take over the world. He became a whole menace. He was going after Rangers left and right. Nobody was safe. And it went worse as Jason became 
his first t-shirt. Jason got put on a t-shirt by Tommy. And mind you, at this point, Jason almost became the White Ranger, but unfortunately, this man decided to take that White Ranger power, fused it with the Green Ranger powers, and became the first ever hybrid. He became Lord Draken and decided to run the fate on everybody. He faded a whole planet. He killed Jason the Red Ranger. He killed Billy the Blue Ranger. He decided to mind control the Pink Ranger so she can be at his side as an underling. And I'm not gonna get into the implications of that, but you can see them from there. Fading a whole timeline. And when Rita Repulsa just decided, you know what? You did a good job, my son. He fades her too. He kills her and runs a whole planet as its ruler. But you thought this man was done? No, it wasn't enough that he had two Ranger powers fused in one. He wanted them all. So he said, you know what? I'm about to pull a Wanda Maximoff. Well, actually, a Wanda Maximoff decided to pull a him. He decided to go fade a whole multiverse of Rangers. And he succeeds. He fades the multiverse. And he decides, you know what? It wasn't enough. I'm gonna go fade every version of myself who did not turn good. And in fact, that was every single version of Tommy. Ring Ranger, dead. Red Ring, Red Zio, dead. Dino Thunder, dead. Because he decided to say, you know what? If all y'all gonna turn good, y'all don't deserve to rep the Tommy brand. I'm the OG Tommy, big baby. And he puts everybody on t-shirts. He puts a whole multiverse on t-shirts. He put Zordon on a t-shirt. He put them in packs. He faded the entire multiverse and became its sole ruler. The only reason he lost was because it was too much power for him to control. That was the only reason he lost. Come on, come on, Dragon. Come get your, your Black Tims. Cause you faded multiverses, you killing yourself. How can you kill yourself? You decided to, to get rid of everybody who's in your way. He, you decide to become the Superman of your own time. Like, you know what? Here, take him, take him. I don't want to use smoke. In fact, let me join you. Nice. Yeah, Tommy is definitely the ranger who stands above all. So that is a great choice. Definitely dino themed. I'm hype. Um, you know, selling t-shirts. I'm definitely going to get paid off of that as well. If you can, get, if you want them. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great choice. So really wrapping up, we're going to get into our recommendations. So I'm mostly stick sticking in the dino theme, but I'm kind of more kaiju related. So starting, we're going to go with Disney's dinosaurs, which is a classic, uh, Disney movie cartoon that was really interesting as a childhood. It's probably available on Disney plus. We got Rugrats in Paris. Uh, if you got children, there's one scene that if you've seen that movie, you know why it's in the dino themed section. Most likely Paramount Plus uh, with the with the Nickelodeon theme. So then we have Godzilla versus Kong, which I was hyped about for years. Uh, HBO Max, Shin Godzilla. Not sure where that's available, but it's one of it's one of the best pure Toho Godzilla films. 
Pacific Rim, which is also on HBO Max. And then related to what Meech was saying earlier with the opening scene in Jurassic World Dominion, um, go see Okja. It's on Netflix and it's one of the most touching movies I've ever seen. Um, it's about this relationship between a girl and kind of like a mutant pig. And it's really touching. Um, so I would definitely recommend that. What, what do you have? Huh, yes. So in terms of your dinosaur pigs, go see the entire Jurassic trilogies. Watch Jurassic Park, Jura- The Lost World Jurassic Park 2, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World, and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yeah. So on HBO Max, you can watch those movies and you can definitely get yourself all caught up before you go see Jurassic World Dominion. Cool. So wrapping up, we're going to get into our plugs. I'll just take it away for here. So we have our Instagram and Twitter, both at Blurred City 22, our Patreon, which has our in-depth character study of Gara, plus the Doctor Strange movie review and our pod from last week. That's going to be Patreon, the Blurred City Pod. Discord is in the works. Then Gmail is BlurredCity22 at gmail.com. So B-L-E-R-D-C-I-T-Y 22 for all of those. And for my individual author pages, for my Instagram, it's Mitri underscore dash, M-E-T-R-I underscore D-A-S-H. And for my Twitter, at the mad dash 16. And just again, for if you want to check out my book, it's on Amazon, Phantom Pains, and Most Irregular Tell. What do you got, Meech? All right. Well, so we're just going to go ahead and get on to our words of encouragement. So what I have for you all today is that the environment is very much important. We live on this world, and this world's going to be here long after we leave it. So be sure to take care of it. Be sure to recycle if able and just be sure to give it all the tender love and care it's needed. So that way it can be around for your kids and your kids' kids. Yeah, for me, just a quick one. Uh, Just like uh, my boy Captain Yami said, surpass, push past your limits. So just push past your limits in terms of creativity. Try to do something new. Don't do copy and paste, but try to push past what you think you can um, in terms of just creativity, what you'll accept, what you'll allow. Going from there, it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. And that's the Blurred City Podcast. See ya later.